Welcome to episode 198 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Alright guys, welcome along to episode 198 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Oz. How you going mate? I'm good, Bevan, and you? Yeah, you got your t-shirt on this morning? Summer's in the air, M's, Power Cookies and Bars. Yes. Oh, it's an icebreaker. It's our team kit from this year. You got icebreaker? Yeah. That's pretty mint. She's sponsored by them now. Oh, is she? So. Yeah, because they bring out sportswear. Because mm-hmm. I model for them. They don't give me free stuff, but I do model. Nice. <laughs> I'm talking proudly brought to you by coffeesofhawaii.com. Oh, we've got some good news about Coffees of Hawaii this week, haven't we? We have. Oh, it's good times. Good time to be an I'm Talk listener. Yeah, and, and athlinks.com. Get on there for social networking and check in your results and all the good stuff about keeping contact with other athletes and showing them how good you are, John. That's right. In this week's show, John, we've got a few things come up. We've got some news, we've got an age group of the week. We've got website of the week, Coach's Corner, what's that on? It's also Coach's Corner slash John's Triathlon History Lesson. Oh, really? Yeah. It's um, a good one this week, too. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. What, did you find something on the internet, did you? No, no, I've done my piece. <laughs> put, some, put some time in this week. <laughs> I've been reading notes. Okay, uh, and uh, that's all good, and then we'll just go home and have a sleep after that. That's right. I'm pretty tired, to be honest. News brought to you by Xtry. Go to xtry.com for the latest news, views, and interviews with the stars. Um, it's a pretty cool website. The it first is. piece of news this week is Crowey wins the Aussie Long Course Championships. And old Nick at tryjuice.com has got the update there. So if you want to read the article, go there. They went, of course, on the swim. Went, of course, on the bike as well, by the sounds of it. So uh, that was Crowey. I don't know if uh, it was basically Crowey versus Pete Jacobs. And yeah. Crowey came out on top, was two minutes down, coming off the bike. Um, it was a pretty close race all round, really. I mean, uh, Crowey took it out, 3.36, one minute exactly, back to Pete Jacobs. And then Chris, Christian Kemp, who I haven't heard before of, he was only 10 seconds behind Pete Jacobs. And then uh, Adam Holborough and Joseph Lamprey were the next two to come in. So All pretty you, close racing. How did that happen? Oh, it happens all the time. Yeah. It's pretty easy for it but to happen. And the swim? The swim? Mm. I, can, I can understand on a bike people go around corners and stuff like that, but yeah. in the swim, there's boys. Yeah, but I mean, uh, sometimes that's the thing with these races where they maybe maybe they had a sprint in Olympic and they, they have the okay, boys yeah. in different places, so... Yeah, it's it's a real bugger though when the, if the lead kayaker takes you the wrong way, because you're just following the yeah, kayak. Yeah, of course. So yeah. that that's a problem. On the girls' side of things, I we had uh, Carrie. Yeah, I know that. <laughs> I just jumped in there in time. Carrie Lester took down Pip Taylor, so one of the big names. Four oh one versus four oh six, and Tara Prose was third. Oh, very good. And four oh eight. What else we got in the news front, John? Coming up, Ironman Malaysia. Ironman season's going to start coming thick and fast. It's now. happening now, isn't it? And it's an interesting field, isn't it, John? It is. So it's, when you go to these Asian races where it's very, very hot, you know, it's not always the big name athletes that take it out. Uh, so, guys, so I think we have got, you know, probably a stronger field than what we normally see in Malaysia. You've got Marino Van Honecker, who will be uh, coming on strong. You know, he's, he's been one of the top placed uh, yep. athletes in Kona the last few years and also multiple winner of Ironman Austria. 
And then you've got uh, Luke McKenzie, who I think is defending champion. He's always yeah. pretty consistent around this, um, these Asian races. And then Rhodesy making a comeback. So, you know, you expect to see Rhodesy in a good position off the bike, but really he hasn't got a massive amount of running under his belt. So who knows? You know, if he, he might be able to, if he can get a big enough lead, he might be able to sort of shuffle his way through. But um, when's, when's, that's yeah. interesting. Maybe he's using this as a bit of a training day because he's doing Abu Dhabi, isn't he? I think he put, I think he is. Yes. So it's still a month from Abu to Abu Dhabi. So <coughs> if he uh, you know if he does cruise the run, doesn't bang himself too much, yeah, it'd be a good training day. And Abu Dhabi, I'd expect is going to be pretty hot. So yeah, be a good adaptation. But he's got to you know he's got to make some money. He's, uh, yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? He's been out since what probably middle of last year. Yeah. Um, yeah. Even if he can get a you, know, you don't get four. lots of income insurance. <laughs> you don't. So hopefully, yeah, he's probably he's smart. He's, he's smart when it comes to talking to race organisers and maybe they look after him getting there so it's a low cost uh, trip and if he can just get a little bit of prize money and a good training day I'm sure he'll be happy We've got so, Belinda Granger on the girls side of things Yes, Belinda Granger and uh, you, you expect her to take it out but you've also got Rebecca Preston she didn't do much last year uh, and then you've got a bunch of girls that will really be nipping away at Belinda's heels if she's uh, faltering, Edith Niederfinger pretty consistent performer yeah. and uh, Hillary. Hillary's there so she'll be sort of banging along hoping You're for good a chick. top three yeah. and uh, yeah, it should be, it's always interesting racing, you always see some really good explosions happening Okay, uh, K-Swiss have announced K-Swiss Trek team announced and uh, it's, pretty, it's an interesting team, I was expecting it's very much based around Chris Leoto, isn't it? Oh yeah, yeah but but K-Swiss are just throwing some money at the sport. Which I mean, is great. Sh- sure, this this is the K-Swiss uh, trick team, but then you've got all the other K-Swiss athletes. You know, you got Belinda Granger, you've you got, got Gina, Gina um, Crawford, you got uh, Terenzo, I think still is in yeah. K-Swiss, um, Luke McKenzie. Throwing a huge amount of money, but it's great. The, the, this this case was trick team. Smart, well, Fraser Cartmel, Judy Dibbins, Joe Gambles, Heather Jackson, Chris Liado, Matt Liado, Paul Matthews, Michael Raylert, and uh, Andrew Yoda. So yeah, I'm sure. I mean, yes, Chris Liado is the big name in there, but you've also got Julie Dibbins and Michael Raylert, who are the two seventy point three champs. Yep. So um, it's it's a strong all round team. Uh, but I think what they've done smart is the marketing and the timing of this is fantastic because if you go to any triathlon website at the moment, it's all over it. They're doing basically a camp and they've got really good marketing, doing yeah. bike fits and everything, and just it's just everywhere. I'd, so I'd love to get in behind the, the business side of things and actually see if this is working out as a good investment for them. You know, they're investing so much money in triathlon, which is mm-hmm. you know, which is good for our sport to get these companies coming and backing us. But I'd be wondering if they're actually getting that return on investment. I'm sure they would. I mean, Trek. You've got Armstrong and yeah, tricks. Yeah, bike-wise, my money more case was, I suppose. I, I, I think they are. I mean, they're, they're just going full out. They've got they've got in there with with Ironman as well. So, I thought I, I thought I read somewhere at some race that if you enter the race, you're getting like a free pair of shoes or something oh, like really? that. I, I'm not sure if that's 100 percent correct, but I thought there was one seventy point three in the states where you, you know everybody's or well, X number of the first people that enter get a free pair of shoes. So. Yeah, I, I think they'll pull it off. I think they're, they're, they're going so for the, it. So these, but are these teams a bit of a have? Is it really just a marketing ploy? Because I know they get us free sponsors' products, so it's good for the athlete in that way, but it's not like they're like a cycling team where they train together. It's not, but if you go and watch uh, Kona this year or you watch a number of athletes, it's that sort of 
recurring theme coming through. If you see, you know, five K Swiss athletes in the top ten, or like with the the, the German team, the and the Cosmobank team, oh, yep. you know, you see three guys in the top ten. You start to you start to look a few more times, yeah. and uh, these guys, I guess, they're spreading spreading themselves a little bit over the seventy point three and Ironman races. So, uh, yeah, you, you're never going to have them riding in a, in a group and, and having team tactics. I wouldn't think, but um, it's just that recurring message I guess getting out there mm, but mm. Trek I think uh, I mean Trek are just, just going to be caning it with Armstrong especially when he comes into triathlon I think you'll see an absolute explosion of Trek bikes yeah, we're suckers basically you don't, we? you don't see a lot of Treks yet I mean yeah you see quite a few but uh, it's not a really dominant no. brand you know, at the moment you know, Cervelo are really out there and Avanti of course um, <laughs> but I think once Armstrong if he does Kona I think you'll see so many more people on Treks um, it is interesting to see that team racing is coming back. You know, like over the last couple of years, yeah. we are seeing a lot more teams come on board, which is, um, you know, we've had the, the one or two teams in the past, but at the moment we've probably got five or six teams. That's right. And it's uh, it's good for the athletes. That's the main thing, you know, because it's such a hard sport to make your money in. And if you get your gear for free, or if you need to get something, it all helps, isn't it? It does. Mm. Okay, uh, what else have we happening? Um, Paula Newby-Frazier and Silk have been added to the American Triathlon Hall of Fame. You to think on your feet there. I, I was supposed to put P N B there, but I put some other three letters, and you managed to oh, yeah. think that through. Because I read the article. What was interesting here? She is... commented on money. Sorry, she commented on the money. Did, Did she? Read that? Yeah. No, I didn't read that. Yeah, yeah. So she, it's got in the speech. She commented on how much money the big four. Uh, also recalled the money and status of the sport in the 80s versus today. Pros like herself and the Big Four uh, were making some pretty good money living the f- sport full-time fairly comfortably. But as uh, newbie Fraser points out, I raced a lot. Usually I raced around 20 times a year. And my first real job in the States was as a travel agency, so I could afford to get around. But it's interesting how she commented on the money and she works with WTC. <laughs> yeah, but the other interesting thing is this is uh, she's actually gone into the USA Hall of uh, Triathlon Hall of Fame. And she's so South African. Not, and she, which, no, she's from Zimbabwe. Oh, that's right, yeah. So I can't remember how many titles she won racing for Zimbabwe before she actually... Uh, oh, did she race for America, did she? Well, she switched over at some stage in her career. So I think she was pretty much, for the majority of the time, living in the States from, from fairly early in her career. 96, I think. 86, she moved to the States, I think. Yeah. Yep. So she, maybe she couldn't race for the States in that period. So, yeah, interesting. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you'd expect Newby Fraser to get in the, in the Hall of Fame at some stage and good on her. You know, she was she was the Chrissy of the, the 90s oh, and yeah. completely dominant at Kona except Erin did ruffle her up um, several times and it was relatively close between those two girls but you know she's got so many Kona titles and her record still stood until last year so definitely a deserving uh, athlete there and, and Valerie Silk who um, I said I don't know Valerie Silk she, she was basically the person who ran Kona um, in the early years you know oh, first okay. That first couple of times uh, it was John Collins running it, and then Valerie Silk took over for a long, long period of time, and and really built it up, and uh, and and was managing the race through the whole boom period when you had the the crawl off with with Julie Moss. So yeah. um, you know, it's good that they're awarding not just athletes. The other two that got inducted in there were Jim Cool and Carl Thomas. Who, Do you know those guys? Those guys started the uh, the racing series in the states, which was basically the first um, sort of money races that they ever ever were. Oh, um, really. And one that I was also went in there was uh, Barb Linquist, and I was like, mm, I don't know. She was a oh great, speculation. Well, no, she was a fantastic Olympic distance athlete. She was a former Olympic swimmer, and then turned to triathlon, and she was a went to the Olympics several times. I don't think she medaled at the Olympics. 
I'm not 100% sure on that. She won lots of World Cup races. Uh, she won, um, I think she was a World Championship medalist. I just don't think I'd have to have to do a bit, have to do have to get my old thought cap on and think yeah. if she won an Olympic just medal. Thinking here, John, because you're, you're making some big statements. When you compare, you're going to be hurting people's feelings. No, when you're comparing her to say Paul Newby Fraser, is another level. It's, it's, a, it's a different level. So you're so saying what was her name? Barbara. Barb Linquist. Yeah, Barb. Good old Barb was a good athlete. I oh, know she. Maybe. She was a very good athlete. Oh, here we go. So you, you, you're digging a she, hole. <laughs> she was not that legendary status. You know, say someone like Michaeli Jones, who won multiple world titles and across all distances, or Aaron Baker, he'd say, straight in yep. there. With her, he'd say, really awesome athlete, multiple Olympian. Um, but if you're not winning an Olympic medal or lots of world titles, I don't know. Do you, do you think it kind of makes the award not so great? Hmm... <laughs> Well, it's interesting because Newby Fraser has been on the Ironman Hall of Fame and she's also in the Triathlon Magazine Hall of Fame. Yeah. So we've got quite a few Hall of Fames happening. We do. Wait, you, you, There's no website either. Maybe we should have an Iron Talk Hall of Fame. Good thinking. <laughs> we could. Anyway, well done. There was a website. No, there was. Remember someone sent us a website years ago. Because okay. we've been doing this for years. We can say that now. We have. Yeah. Years ago, John. Back in the old days. Brownie sees the light. Do you know what this is about? No, I don't know. What are you talking about? He's come back to Avanti, where it all began for him. He's fine. <laughs> I'm actually getting Brownie a bit of shit here. Do you know why? He sells out. He's been to like four different he's bike companies. He's going, I'm coming to the end of my career. I need something to help me get, keep winning these Ironman titles. What can I do? I'm going to ride the Avanti chrono. It's good to see. When did this happen? Uh, last couple of weeks. There's already one run, one race on it. Oh, there you go. What was it, the Auckland? No, Club? it was an Olympic distance race in, uh, in Taupo. So uh-huh. he's... No, dis- look out no disrespect he's a bloody good athlete but he has gone through his bike sponsors this time few, but at least he's, he's finally come since his final that's what, what kind of sucks for the athlete because if you want to be if you want to make your money you really want to buy good bike sponsors don't you mm-hmm. you know what I mean because the bike you know whereas if you're a great runner I suppose you might win if you're Ironman but like if someone like Sadler is going to make a lot more money than Brownie from sponsorship because yep. a bike company is going to give Sadler a lot more money yep. you know and it, you know Brownie's a lot better runner but it's just it's unfortunate really isn't it So because uh, you don't really blame the shoe so much do you you don't you know you can say oh this bike maybe win the race which is yeah. probably crap but yeah. you know but you can't, can't really say oh these shoes but when, unless I'm a Zuno but when he wins his Taupo title we'll all know the reason why on the advantage what if he doesn't then John first year ever he doesn't win it Will you blame the bike then? Blame the running shoes. <laughs> He's not Mizuno's. <laughs> nice. Okay, Epic Camp Colorado, open for registration. Email John. It's pre-registration. What's your email, John? I, I don't want these emails. <laughs> we haven't even got it up on the website yet, so it's a, it's a pre, pre-camp uh, promo. If you want to get in touch with us, uh, you can go to any of my websites. You can go to coachjohnnewson.com and uh, get my email address off there. And it is in mid-August in Colorado. And it's going to be a nine-day camp. And uh, get on it. You get in quick. I'm just on competitor.com. And I've got a cool idea here for a package for a triathlon setup. Yeah, it's not new, Bevan. Oh, is it? No, tri used to do that. Did they? Yeah. Didn't do it enough though. Yeah. <laughs> no, poor buggers. Um, uh, yeah, no, there's quite a few places like that, and they have really good just sort of startup. Like two grand, and you get a bike, a pretty decent bike, a wetsuit, shoes, cleats, helmet, tri-fit shorts, tri-fit singlet. If you had a bit of dosh to throw around and you had if somebody was looking to get into triathlon, that would be a good present for them. Yeah, it's, it's just a good little setup, eh? Someone's ringing me, John. Oh, I wonder who it is. I wonder why. 
You should just turn that phone off, maybe. That's my mum. Mum. Yeah, love my mum. I do love my mum. When well, Joe and I look at buying houses at the moment, and would you live close to your mum? No, you live you live a, a good distance away from your mum. Why? You just don't want them coming around all the time. But I love my mum. I'm close to my parents, and there's a house which is literally a hundred metres from theirs. Bad move. You, you wouldn't do it. Bad move. <laughs> okay. Bad move. <laughs> you wouldn't do it. What about the mother-in-law? Even worse, we are, we, we, we are situated, no, we are situated, we've got it perfect, we're basically equal distance to both of them, they're both around about 10 kilometres away. Yeah, so enough distance. Enough distance that they will... If they uh, want to pop around, they can. But they'll usually announce it because they don't want to drive all the way um, over and just, just barge on in, so it's usually an announced call, which is what you want. It's good. <laughs> 10k is a good distance. So you wouldn't live close to your parents? No. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would be a strong... Not selling point. Okay, well, uh, Virginia Brissetay. Yeah, had a car crash. Has had a, been hit by a car. Hit by a car. In Mallorca. So read this one. What happened there? She was just out biking in Mallorca. Car came across the center line. Boom! And it doesn't sound crazy serious. Sounds like she got a few teeth knocked out. And it's uh, pretty because she's pretty, man. She's a sick young thing. She is. <laughs> she, she was. She's, she looked like a really fun. Yeah, she did. Eh? Yeah, she did. So I just had a bit of a bike crash in my oil cut. Doesn't sound too serious. Just a bit of dental damage. But dental damage. I love and, your work, there, John. And uh, <laughs> it sounds like she'll be back in action. But well, you didn't put this in the show notes, but I've added it. It's been the big talk of the week. And uh, Lance versus Leado on the Queen K. So I'm not sure who set it up. I think it was a local time trial race or something. It was about 18 k or yep. So I think it was 18 miles. Might have been 10, 10 miles or 16 miles, something like that. Something like that. And they went head to head. Now I haven't read really down my piece. I just remembered it as I. Was through the show notes I think but, it was 16 seconds separately. yeah and I was quite happy that Chris was that close yeah uh, yeah it's you know if it was an all out big time race who knows what the difference would have been but he's a, he's a strong rider and he's done uh, you know he's done bike racing and done pretty respectably in bike racing I'm sure if they'd both been in peak Tour de France condition versus peak Kona condition the gap would have been a bit wider yeah um, but still who knows how, how hard they were going, but it was good to see that he was pretty close. It got a lot of, got a lot of PR. It was yeah. obviously a trick thing because it got a lot of PR. And I think lots of people could do it. was called a Twitter. Because so, Lance is actually very good at this new kind of media stuff, and he's really good at keeping in contact and stuff and doing all the Twittering and the Facebooking and all that stuff. And um, they called it the Twitter off. And, yeah, right. and it was all covered on Twitter, John. I'm sure you would have been on there. Loving it. Twitter. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> just seriously John you're going to move the times not you don't want to be the old curmudgeon guy I was being given grief by the juniors I coached last night saying I'm not on Facebook and I was like I'm on athletics <laughs> that's all you need that's all you need John that's all you need okay then uh, fantasy try so John and I John's done his picks for the week I'm, what's, your, what's your name John uh, I'm not telling you because you're just copying <laughs> my picks so yeah we're going to start this fantasy try thing um, you can join in if you want you go to fantasytry.com group uh, we'll have to look into that. Yeah. So this week is Ironman Malaysia, and they don't actually have the start list on the Fantasy Try website, so you have to go to the Ironman Malaysia site, and they do have the list there. You've got to be pretty tactical about this. You have a budget of $30,000 to spend, and like some of the expensive athletes, or some of the good athletes, you know, so Marino Van Honecker is $7,917, and if you, so if you tried to pick the top three, you probably wouldn't actually have enough budget to do it in the um, men's race. The women's, like Belinda Granger, if you picked her, she is $8,500. you have got to um, pick her, don't you? It's a no-brainer. Well, no, you, well, it's up to you, Bevan. You can pick her if you want. Remember, you've got to click add when you do it. So you've got to play it tactically. But how do you make your money? 
Well, no, so so there's points for each position. So I think it's like 100 points for first place, 75 for second, 50 for third, etc., etc. It explains on the site, Bevan, if you'd, if you'd had a yeah, look. Yeah. Um, so you you might <laughs> think telling me off here. you might think you pick you want to pick third, fourth, and fifth, and that might be better than just picking the winner. Oh, okay. So it's a points a points system. So you can't you don't have enough money to go. But in a race like this, where Belinda's pretty much going to win it, you, it's your tactics, Bevan. You can choose how you yeah, want to play this. I know how I'm going to do it. So uh, yeah, you've only got a thirty thousand dollar budget. And, What's uh, your team name? Mine's Bevan's Bashes. Yeah. I, can't remember what mine is oh, called. Bevan's bashes. Uh, anyway, yours, John. we will give an update next week on how <coughs> badly I've crushed Bevan. And uh, what if we'll you haven't? What you've been gutted, won't you? Because the thing is, I'm I don't know. You know, I'm, I'm a bit of a hit and miss guy in this game. But you you know, you, you, your heart and soul goes into this stuff. Well, so if I beat you, oh, I'm gonna love it. Even if I just beat you one week. Well, yeah, the chances are reasonably high because it's tactical. If it was just pure picks, yep. I'd back myself to beat you every time. <laughs> um, but because you've got to play tactically, it'll be, it'll be interesting. I think you've taken a risk, haven't you? Yeah, you've, you've gone for strategy this time. That could, gone for could a little bit of strategy. Bum. I know. Uh, but anyway, we'll give you an update next week on how we've all gone and uh, get on there and uh, we'll see if we can set up a group. Yeah. Or we could do something through Athletics somehow. We'll, we'll figure it out. Yeah, maybe we'll do that. You know, you can have our usernames up on Athletics or something. Get on like this week because we'll basically say from this this race here to the end of this race next year is yep. the season. Yep. Is that cool? Yep. So if you want to join it, get on this week. And uh, so that this time next year we'll have our annual awards. Well, maybe we'll buy a trophy, just those little small trophies, okay. and we'll send it somewhere in the world for you yep. if you're the winner. Okay, we'll do it. There we go. There we go. Okay, uh, discussion of the week. So last week's discussion came through from, who was it from? It was good old Jay Waters. And he was basically saying, I gets an hour for lunch. And he was wondering what's the best thing you can do for lunch in regards to training. Swim, bike, run, rest, gym, or otherwise. And John, Daddy, you're going to get the ball rolling. Daddy Death was first in there, Peter Tinholt. Swim, why? A, pool is quiet. Almost always get a lane to yourself. Point. B, you don't have to get up early and can have breakfast with the family. It helps to demonstrate balance and keeps the family on side. C, swims tend to be shorter sessions um, than the run and the bikes are easier to squeeze in the lunch hour. D, you come back refreshed uh, and your work afternoon is more productive. A negative is that you have to train on your own and you're not swinging a squad. Oh well, you can't win them all. Unless you're in Christchurch and you go to the good old Aqua Gym Lunchtime Squads. That's true. I used to always swim there. They're great. Because I didn't really like morning swims. Mm. I was too, too aggressive. Oh. <laughs> it's too aggro. It's, it's all good. ego it's out there. All ego. It's hardcore. <laughs> good old Andrew Brin's shrine. Shrin. How do you say yeah, that? He pulls that up every, every time. Every time. How do you say it? I'd say it's Andrew Brin's search. Search. Okay. Oh, next, next time I read it from Andrew, yeah. I guarantee I'll get it right. Andrew so that's, that's a Bevan guarantee that's worth a lot <laughs> that's worth a lot put your house on it okay I like what he's got here he's got eat or go on your bike if you worked during your lunch hour then you might even be able to go home early and go for a ride in the evening mm-hmm. which is a good call maybe you could go to your boss and say look you know I want to get home and train can I work through lunch or maybe just have a 15 minute break and then use that time to go home early one of my friends he looked into what's his, his name uh, Beachy good old Beachy sometimes listens He's looked at his contract and he is actually allowed, he's changed his week structure so he now works four days a week. But he's got to, got to do 40 hours. And oh, I would do that. Sorry? Do 10 hour days? Yeah. yeah so if he, I had to do a normal that. job, yeah. I would definitely, I'd much rather for, for work four days and have to do a three day weekend. So check it check, check, And the thing out. is, if you, if you get there at six in the morning, hmm. you, you know, you can still finish at four. Yeah. Yeah. So if you can be flexible, might be worth looking into. Yeah, I'd do Jared that. the Terrorizer Smith, nothing. 
All that uh, faffing around, getting changed, cooling down after sh- showering, etc., takes up too much time. Um, Who she does? Work through, get out early, and run, run or ride home. This gives me more time in the day. Okay, good. On my James is lucky enough to have a gym at work, so treadmill for thirty minutes, followed by core. And the dojo has been dominated in lunch break. Plus, the weather has been so crappy in London this winter that the gym is the best option. Okay, Luke O'Shea, he's a LTLFTC. What does that mean? Long time listener, first time contributor. Oh, nice. Love his work. I do not have access to a pool nearby my work. I tend to either do a run, speed and interval work, which can be quite beneficial over an hour, or a weight core workout as we have access to the gym. This allows me to manage injuries and also keeps me motivated to do the exercises I would normally leave out after a long swim, ride, bike, run, etc. Street, uh, I think it depends on the location of your work and really managing when your longer workouts are. Not having monster weekends, so there is time for family, etc. Like most listeners, I tend to start work early so I can beat the rush home and get longer sessions at night time, leaving at least one afternoon free on the weekend. Nice. I'm, I'm just picking this one because I don't want to say his name either. How is it? Cal Men's Al... No, Ab Lasser. You reckon? Say, Clemens Ablesser. Yeah. Well, it could be Clemens. It'll be, it'll be Clemens Ablesser. Oh, the case throwing me, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, uh, you end up with an efficient 45 minutes of exercise if you have one hour lunch break due to getting changed and showering after the session. Therefore, swimming would be ideal. However, only if you have a good pool very close to work. If it takes you a while to get there, it's really not an option. Unfortunately, it would take me at least 15 minutes to get to a pool. Getting there, getting changed, showering, getting back to work, I would end up with only 15 minutes and the water out of an hour lunch break one hour is not enough for a decent cycle training therefore effectively 45 minutes of running would be the best option good call okay I'm going to do four this week I know we normally only do three you're calling me what how are you calling me is is your wife calling me I think my wife is calling me okay Okay, on my phone we'll be the pause wait wait a second I'll answer it wait a second oh I missed it yeah I better call it back we have a pause I was going to call the wife there's problems on the, on the Newson front. Yeah. Here we go. There's been controversy in the Newson house. I don't know where there's a phone call on my cell phone. Luckily I had it on, John. Followed up by a phone call on the landline. Of, of, of the vibrator on the phone and then, and then the landline. And, and I heard Belinda and, and, and screaming. And, and what happened, John? There's a hedgehog swimming wits of the pool. <laughs> Tra- <laughs> training up for the race doing this weekend. Some, doing some naps. And John, what, what did you tell Belinda when she told you this? She said, get the bloody thing out. with the Scoop it out. Scoop get it out. out. Get it out. And what did she say? No, 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 no. So John had to whip home and get out, didn't you? And I can tell why maybe you struggled a little bit and challenged Monica on your bike. That chain requires a little <laughs> bit of TLC. <laughs> so squeak, squeak all the way. It's only like... 200 meters, but <laughs> yeah, anyway. I, I, but the best call was John was trying to convince Linda to do it, and, and he, he, was, he wasn't being polite about it. He goes, Don't be a girl, <laughs> get the bloody thing out. It was pretty gross, was it, it? Just emptied my whole container of chlorine in the pool. Oh, really? <laughs> anyway, oh, life will go on. Good times, anyway. Uh, we were talking about discussion a week. We were, I think I'd just done good old. Clemens and I was just going to finish off with number four Neil Stafford uh, basically just if you want to there's a link through to X-Try where there was an article up there on uh, on this sort of stuff and you just go through there go onto athlinks.com and find the link there and he's really talking about getting permission or, or is trying to get it done at work so the wife doesn't see school of training and I, I think a lot of people have that uh, have that sort of thoughts is if you do it during the day partner won't know 
Yeah. Well, it's not necessarily they won't know, but you're not interfering with any of their time. Uh, yeah, and, and family and commitment and all those other things. Um, lastly, I think I'll go with good old Jamie McPherson. Uh, I do all the things I'd normally have to do in the weekend or after work, like shopping or for facial moisturiser, love his work, get my dry cleaning, etc, etc. That way when I finish work, I can get on with some proper training. I very occasionally will go to the gym or do a run. Then, 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 he's done a double then, I'm normally out of the office for at least an hour and a half. And it just isn't enough time. Plus, I find that my mind is on work things, not training. Use your commute instead. Run, bike, to work. Now, I think... Lunch hour. Now, John, we, we're probably not the best people to comment on this because how, how many hours do you do at the office a week? Yeah, but I coach a lot of people that, that use oh, such hours. Yeah, here we go. So I think it's going to diff, differ quite a bit. Depends how much freedom fam- you can get. Or family versus a non family situation. Yeah. If you've got uh, no family, uh, just you and a partner or just you, then I'd say um, you know trying to minimise that lunch hour. If you can get a shorter lunch hour, say a lunch half hour, and then tack that onto either morning or evening training, I think that would be the most efficient thing for most of those athletes. If you're the athlete that uh, does have some um, family and you don't like to train in the evening, maybe you're a morning and lunchtime trainer. Things I like doing is, is, is uh, I often go out and do hill reps. Um, you, can, you, know, you can just do a qu- quick warm up, maybe a couple of drills. Getting a few good hill reps, if that again, if that's successful, you can easily do those on the treadmill. Um, or I tend to go to the track, do some 400s, uh, the track maybe, a little bit of speed work. Uh, and if you do have access, to, if you're at home, if you're a work at home person, then um, it's like easy, a, a, win, a wind trainer session, I think you can do a really good high intensity quality session on the trainer. So generally, I say for swimming, only if the pool is very, very close, as a number of people have uh, pointed out. Otherwise, you're just going to get into commuting time. I think it also comes down a lot to the kind of relationship you have with your work. You know, like a lot of people saying you need more than an hour, but you probably need an extra 15 minutes. And mm-hmm. if you've got a good boss and you're good at your job, they're gonna, if you can say, oh, look, can I come in 15 minutes earlier so mm-hmm. I can just have a little bit longer for lunch? You know, most bosses, unless they're real dorks, are going to say, yeah, that's cool. Yep. And so if, you, if, you know, like if it's, you're in the family situation, where that's actually going to help you be a, bit, a lot more successful and get the whole balance. Mm-hmm. So I think don't be afraid to ask your boss. And if they say no, well, that's cool, then just be in 15 minutes late. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but overall, it's, it's just things like that. Um, and one thing is don't be afraid to spin classes at the gym. You know, I know they're not totally, yeah. you know, so, um, Ironman specific, but I know for myself, a spin class has always kept me fit on the bike, you know. Especially in winter. Yeah, especially in winter. So maybe if you've got a gym close by, that can definitely be really helpful as well. I was just, I noticed Andrew Winter actually commented here. <laughs> when he came and did the, the Bridal Path Challenge, he was complaining a little bit about his missus because his missus, <laughs> he'd been out training all night. He got home at nine o'clock and she had made his dinner. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, made my dinner, why not? And I thought, Andrew... You've just got, you just got to learn. Yeah. <laughs> You're young, you've got to, you got to learn. You've got to, you've got to get a few brownie points first, don't you? That's right. Yeah, so anyway. So good time to train. But as a, like John Hancock was saying, you know, you, you can also use that time just to get other things done so that you can focus on your training. So, you know. Or you can have a nap. Oh, a nap? Yeah, it's a good idea. Mm. Yeah. Okay, next week's topic is... Well, it's uh, a bit controversial, this one. I, was, I wasn't sure if you, you obviously haven't have you read it or not. No, but I'll, I'll go with it because I like controversy. Okay. I think another the best ones. Yep, okay. Okay. If someone died at a race venue in a race week, would you still race? And what would you think the race director should do to acknowledge the death? So what, you're saying it's not actually race day... No, it's a bit like what happened in the Winter Olympics. That's what sort of brought this idea on. You know, the oh, guy oh. died in the... Yeah, uh, in the, the luge or the... the skeletal luge yeah, or whatever one, is, one yeah. or the other. And 
and they did a whole bunch of things. So well, what did they do? Uh, they shortened the track, and they sort of apparently they put some extra protection at that that corner. Um, but they basically made, made it a slightly safer track, and for a lot of people were saying not as challenging um, for the top guys. And, yeah. uh, but anyway, that was what they did. I don't know a lot about winter sports. Have you been anyway. watching the Olympics? Oh yeah, it's been great. <laughs> One thing I've got to say. We'll just we'll just finish this off. Is uh, is so yeah. Basically, if, if you're an Ironman week and if someone died either in a bike crash, swim crash, um, not, a bike, uh, not a swim crash, but whatever, uh, during that race week. Would you still race, and do you think the race director should uh, do anything to acknowledge that or just crack on? Okay, and what do you want to talk about? <laughs> Have you seen that movie? Is it Colin Farrell or Will Farrell? Um, oh, well, there's a comedian Colin Farrell. No, yeah. Will Farrell. And the, then the one, actor. the Ice Dancing movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Blades yeah, yeah, of, yeah, yeah, Glory yeah, Blades of Glory or something like that. And that was a pretty funny movie. Yeah. And then I, uh, I was just channel surfing, and there was a bit of ice dancing on, which I don't really enjoy that much. But there was a guy who was like the spitting image oh, really? of him, and he had like feathers on his hands, and he was so oh, really? dirty. And I was just like, I must, this, is, must, "This must be based on this guy." It was hilarious. Do you it think? Was it, just, was it a piss take or? Oh, no, it wasn't. He was he was like one of the middle contenders. He was, I think he was an American guy. And he was in all black, and he had like feathers down his arms and stuff. And I was just can't what, be what serious. What do you think of the sports that are judged? Hey, like I was reading an article the other day on the, on Yahoo.com, and I was saying how. Um, if you actually took away the judge sports, the middle tally would be completely different. Well, that's the thing. I think one way you can sort of, uh, that I sort of decide if a sport is what I call a real sport. <laughs> oh, here we go. And this was... Uh, the John Newsom real sport no, category. Well, if it's got judging, it's... it's, it's it is harder, isn't it? it? It's, I call it more of a... Those guys, I'm well, not... still a sport. I'm not doubting that they train as hard as anybody else in any other sport in the world... But, but the results are a my my definition of uh, competitive sport is is basically times or placings and so if it's got judging associated with it um, or if it's got mechanical power associated with it. Uh, okay, but let's say eventually they could get a computer program that could judge, you know, that could look at what the way the body's moving and based on some criteria, would you call it a sport then? Because surely, 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 another twenty years from now they'll be able to invent a, a program that can watch an ice skater and say this one's done a better job than that one. Based on the way they turn their body, and would, that, would you allow that to be a sport then? Because yeah, <clears throat> I'm thinking it's so. a human judgment you don't like. No, it's just more. I just think those things are more recreational activities. Oh, is, John, you're just getting yourself in no, trouble here. The hedgehog, first of all. The hedgehog, first of all. <laughs> I'm just saying. Oh, you girl. Winter, the Winter Olympics is a really different kettle of fish to the Summer Olympics, I reckon. The, the thing about the Winter Olympic sports, and, and, and I haven't watched a lot of it, I've managed to kind of nip in a few things. It's a lot of them can just, you can just blow your day, there's a high risk. Yeah. You know, like I was watching some of those downhill guys, you know, the ones around the corners, you know, and you, <laughs> yeah, right. and you, well, you have the downhill jumpers, well, don't you? Yeah. But, and, 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 you know, you could be the worst in the world, but you can still fall off. Mm-hmm. And then I watched the, the sprinters around, you know, the ice skating sprinters. That's good. Yeah. yeah. And because I, I was in Australia on the weekend. And I was showing the guy who won the Australian, who was the first ever Australian yeah, yeah. to win the gold medal. Yeah. But he basically, his strategy, because he got through to the semi-finals, which is that's the last one for the final, wasn't yeah. it, semis? He got through to the semis, and he knew he wasn't as good yeah, enough. Everybody's seen, everybody's, that's been around for years. You, you've never seen No, but before. he was talking about it. He was yeah. talking about it, and he was saying his strategy was sit just back. to sit, sit the back and hope someone had a crash. Yeah. Got through the final, same strategy, won the gold yeah, medal. Exactly. You know, and, and a lot of the Olympic winter sports, uh, based on that, you know, you yeah. real high risk sports where just if one thing goes wrong, love watching it, 
but I prefer the Summer Olympics. I really enjoy the Winter Olympics. Yeah, it is good because it exposes you to different sports. But there's so. lots of Summer Olympic things that I think are jokes as well. Like what? Okay, so. <laughs> anyway, music time. Okay, oh, we've gone for a while, haven't we? Or is it just because you buggered off? Oh no, we've gone for a while. Here we go, here's some music. Age Grouper of the Week. Uh, we officially have zero age groupers on, wow, on my John. books. It's amazing. It is amazing. It, so, we need some performances to be sent in or some... Uh, some no, we, they can be from a little bit you know, towards the end of last year. No problem with that. Anything that of uh, performances of note, send them on in. But what is one condition, John? You've got to do it under events. So, if you're looking for an event on Athlinks, you click on events and then you type the, the name in. Uh, it's a mistake I sometimes make as well. If, you go, if you're on the results button and you type in the name of the event, it won't come up. So, you click on events and then... You've just done it wrong. I haven't because I haven't pushed Joe. Oh, oh, oh. Events. Click, click on click on events. Okay. And then type it in. <laughs> okay. So Bevan's put typing in Iron Man Western Australia. And this is just, we're just going to wing this. It's Iron Man Western uh, Australia. 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 That's how they say it, John. I've just been there. And we're going to go to the 2009 Iron Man Western Australia. Okay, here we go. And we're going to basically find the first... Go the woman. I want to find the first... Woman. A, first Athlinks finisher in the females. Woman. Whoa, 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 woman. So Gina Crawford won the race. Oh, 9.16. Kicked butt by four minutes, but she was a pro, John. And look at that. Linda O'Connor, age 40, did a swim time of an hour and eight seconds. Transition 133. Bike time of 5.06. That's pretty good. Uh, that was miles. And then a runtime of 3.43 for an overall time of 9 hours, 50 minutes, and 10 seconds. Nice. It's Finish, pretty, finishing pretty good. What place? Sixth place. Sixth place. But. But wait, John, there's more. The first Athlinks finisher at Ironman Western Australia was Lauren Whitmore. She swam 55. Oh, she biked 5, 5.37 and ran 4.27. Oh, John, but you know the one down for? 31st. 11 and 21 seconds. Oh, gutting. Oh, that would be heartbreaking. Gutting. Lauren, we love your work, but there, yeah, we know the feeling. So Lauren is Kate, yeah. and she's from the UK. She's 26 years old. She is a female. Yeah, she, she is and a female. <laughs> she did a number of races a season, and she is our age group. And she's a rival against Carolyn Hewitt. Yeah. Yeah, she smashes her. Leanne Lynch. Oh, got Leanne. Some nice pizza. Patricia. Oh, is that pizza? Nice pizza. It's just Nachos a big plate of food. Nice. Anyway, this is a fantastic podcast. Lauren. Fantastic you're on Athlinks. Fantastic you're the first Athlinks finisher at Western Australia. You are our age group of the week. And the rest of you guys sharpen up. I can't believe we've got to the point where no one's given us an age group of the week. It's it's weak. Surely your filing system's let us down, John. No, I don't think so. Oh, man. Okay. Well, age group of the week, please please see some through because we love giving you the love. We do. Here's some music, John. Music time. Follow-up from last week. <laughs> okay, we've done a bit of filling here. We had a few emails um, with some feedback from last week. first one was from... Wait a second, I, I do have to just quickly say that good old... Who was it? Because I put it in there. Um, Jeff, didn't get his last name. Oh, yeah. Someone's done my invention, John. Oh, that's right. Yeah. 
chariotcarriers.com. Yeah, they've done my invention. It looks it's good, kind of not, not really what you're after. Yeah, that was basically running with... We're talking about uh, baby strollers here, and we, last yep. week we talked about how, how they sort of work and how you can introduce them to your running. Yep. And Bevan said about having a pole sort of attached to your back and running along. Yeah. That chariot, whatever it was... Yep. Uh, was more like running, like with a wheelbarrow sort of thing behind oh, you. Oh, was it? So we couldn't, actually, wouldn't <laughs> no. actually be able to use your arms. It was more like a walking. Yeah, I'm talking more about like a, a vest or something. Like yeah, that. yeah. Doesn't look like that. That okay. might, that might still be out there. Well, John, I, someone painted it now. Nick Hutton, what has he said, John? Mr. Nick was on Epic Camp, and he's done uh, a lot of running with Zach, his baby. We're not going to read all through that. I'm going to summarise through here. Okay. But he's done a lot of running. Don't don't scroll too fast. Okay. <laughs> In terms of uh, his follow up is. In terms of selection, Baby Jogger Performance Series, Swim Joyrider, and Giant Pre-Runner come with 20-inch wheels. So if you've got bigger wheels... Bigger is better, apparently, John. Bigger is better. The ones I've got, they're only 12-inch wheels, and a few nah. of us... I haven't does cracked. that hurt? Oh, apparently it does for some people, but I've, I've managed okay. You've managed to make it work for the smaller ones. So the premium brands have a fixed wheel, so does a mountain buggy at the front. And that's quite important, because then when you're running along, the buggy doesn't go all over the place. Yeah, um, that frustrating. They are, you can get some really expensive ones. Um, Wouldn't you want a slight tilt for turning? No, because you can just lift it up and you can use your, use your, uh, you know, just use your, your, yep. your speed to yep. get you around the corner. Nick personally went with Baby Jogger. We currently have three different strollers. Jeepers, creepers. And looking at getting a fourth. He did over 1,500 kilometres with Zach last Running. year. Running? Yeah. Oh, man. That's crazy. Anyway, so the deal is there are some out there. The Schwinn Joyrider and the Giant Pre-Runner. Um, Come with larger wheels, which is more beneficial. Mm. When to start? He's a, Nick is a uh, anaesthetist, so he's got quite a medical background. He talked to a number of pediatricians. Jeez, he's done his work on this one, hasn't and he? And he said, you know, the, the stage, as I said last week, when you can take start taking kids out is when they've got good neck stability and basically when they can sit up. And I said last week, um, I think you know, normally about nine months is, is yep. okay. But Nick sort of said that basically, whenever they can learn to sit, and that can vary hugely. You know, so it could be six, six months, can't it? Yeah. Eight, nine months could be could be longer than that. But you need to wait till I've got that. Because um, Thomas was a bit kid, he probably could have taken week one. I could have done because yep. he was he was solid, eh? Yeah. Anyway, he started just doing twenty or thirty minute runs, um, and then progressed to sixty to ninety minutes. For me personally, I mean, I've only got the mountain buggy brand, but I, I don't really it's, it's enjoy the 12 going inch wheels, John. It's you know? 12 inch wheels. Let's see. And he's done a two hour 15 run wow. pushing the buggy. So good on you. Not my cup of tea. Training, he's found. Uh, it doesn't shot. affect your running that much? It doesn't. No, he's found that his speed was only around about 10 seconds per K slower. Um, and the bonuses with his longer runs, he was able to easily carry a whole bunch of food and drinks, and it's not too much uh, of an issue. And he likes the vibes he gets because he's seen as being a good parent, being out there with his son. Um, one point that he does make that I also enjoy is it does give you good brownie points. <clears throat> chicks love guys with a baby, eh? Not, 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 not that you're trying to pick up chicks when you're no, running, no. But, but they do. Yeah, you do. You get lots of waves, lots of people smile at you and go, oh, good on you, you do. Oh, I can't keep up with you. Um, <laughs> anyway, but he's saying it, you know, it does give you good brownie points with the, uh, the other half, gets the kids out of the house and you get out there. There's, he said there's lots of opinions up on Slow Twitch. Um, if you do a bit of a search on baby strollers up there. One thing I'd say is doing buggy running is by far better than doing no running at all, but you're still better off doing pure yeah, running. Yeah. But I, at the moment, I, I tend to do about two 30, 40-minute buggy runs per week. For both the kids? 
Uh, yeah, generally, yeah, with both kids. And Does it get quite heavy once you start moving? You're right. Start moving. Get yeah. Because right. I was a milk boy for years, and you're pushing the trolley. Yeah, you know. So it's not great for your technique, but it keeps you know it, it keeps you fit. Um, but you're better off, you know. So I got massive um, legs because I was a milk boy. Oh well, yeah. yeah, you should have done the monk spur. That was required some skill. What was that right? Well, down. no, I didn't catch my hills. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Coming down the hill. Oh, yeah. And so back in the old days, did you wear a book as well? No, but, you yeah. know. Oh. <laughs> yeah, you see the guys. It's not the book boy stories. Because the thing was, you come down the hill, and the, the, the design was hopeless. Because oh, yeah. it was there, this big chunk of lead on the bottom, yeah. and your brake was pushing the trolley down. Yeah. And if, if you've got a hole in the ground, <laughs> I, mean, I got knocked out once, because <laughs> basically, the brake got caught in a hole, my handlebars went up, and I head-butted the handlebars, nice. broke four crates of milk, knocked down <laughs> on the side of the road. Did you get docked pay that day? No, no, because because we're on the hills, we never got docked. Because <laughs> you'd have a crash maybe once every three months, and yeah, you'd, oh, you'd be some severe damage. <laughs> <laughs> and you'd see milk stains on the road for months afterwards. Oh, is that what they were? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> good times yeah yeah milk boy that's a good life but it's got a good job for a kid to do because you're running like three hours a night yeah I used to do paper round it wasn't quite as aggressive but paper round yeah but yeah I did paper round as well I always you worked paid like five cents a paper yeah I know they get rogered anyway <laughs> next one with Ali Hollington we talked about the uh, doing a double half Ironman back to back yeah and, and she actually did one didn't she, she did it. we did a low key Martin Half Marathon the other day is a change from going to Taupo for yet another session and had a fun day but due to the uh, what's that? Algae. Algae in the local lake. We did a half marathon run followed by a pool swim, six times 300, six laps up and down the 50 meter pool lanes, followed by a 90k bike. People tended to run much faster having the half first compared to last. Well, that's interesting. And they're getting a few cramps in the pool, and your legs were felt tired on the bike in the second lap of the Ironman. So it's a bit of fun for change. change I think fun. it's, uh, if you want to. F- Figure out what a double half would be like. I mean, duathlons are probably going to be the closest simulation if you don't want to go out and do one yourself. Yeah. Getting on the bike and running after a hard 10k is, uh, is difficult. And what, and then, what else follow-up have we got? This all follow-up. Yeah, well, it's important. You, you give me grief about deleting emails. No, no, you're doing good here. Who's uh, this? James Bishop. Good old James, and what did he write about? He was talking about a little bit about his experience with barefoot running. He comes from a golf background. Oh, that's um, right. I read this an experience. When he first started doing his barefoot running, he, uh, he just tried running in normal shoes on his forefoot, and he found out that he got extremely tight calves on the first few outings. So he ran normal shoes and just tried to do barefoot, uh, foot run. Oh, but that'd be hard with normal shoes, wouldn't it? Because uh, you'd have to over-exaggerate. A little bit, yeah, yeah, you would have to a little yeah. bit. You'd, you'd probably, to be honest, you're more likely you'd come down with a flat foot landing just because yeah. of the amount of uh, Yeah, your you know, perception is that it'd be low, but yeah, yeah. probably then. Uh, so he found he got really, really sore calves um, to start with. After several weeks, uh, certainly not the timescales I mentioned about in episode 195, he found he was able to go for longer without discomfort whilst running without uh, the after effects. Um, then he basically built it up slowly, and he can now run up to two hours. Before trying this, two he, hours, two hours. Um, wow. Before trying this, he struggled to run more than an hour, as his thighs would often stiffen up terribly, and would only be able to run run once every three or four days, as his legs were so sore. He can run up to two hours, Nike Freeze. Nike Freeze. So yeah. he found the Nike Freeze. Three really well. And that's the thing with um, the barefoot running side of things is. Uh, and you do know, notice you got your five fingers on, John. Fives. Yeah. Um, <laughs> He uh, he said, you know, he had to run and, and sank because he couldn't do actual barefoot running. Interesting point that I thought that he made is my golfing 
background may also have helped me in a strange way because I was used to taking steps backwards, sometimes very big ones, in the goal of improving my technique and subsequent performance. So what he's saying is that, you know, like when you look at golf, you've got to sometimes re-look at your golf swing and say, okay, I actually have to redo this here and and go back to being a beginner. And so that's trained him to actually say, you know what, I need to take some time out to actually improve my technique. Whereas in our sport, people just think I need to train harder. And you always need to be doing PBs. So I thought that was a really interesting point. And uh, when you do start this barefoot running, if you want to give it a go, as I've said, I think it's just a a nice little supplement most of the time um, while you're building it up, is you do need to be prepared for a a little bit of discomfort and you've just got to judge whether that's going to turn into injury or not. But you are going to be using some different muscles. I'm still... How are you feeling? How are you going with it? Still not very convinced on the uh, concrete road running side of things. Fine. Are you doing it at all? Well, like just like this morning, I just ran around to your place, only a couple of hundred metres. It's pretty hard going on a concrete. Yeah. Um, so the, the, Especially as you're getting older. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. if you're young, you know, I mean, when you're a kid, you're in a bit of Yeah, but yeah, long, long term, I don't, don't know if it's going to do you any good. Uh, in terms of the grass running, and uh, that's going great and feeling good about it. I posted some results on Athlinks, so nice. good times. Okay, music. You want some music, John? Let me hear the music. Okay. Uh, yeah, kind of. Yeah. You can stop the music. That's it. That's what yeah, after. something like that. Yeah, Brian. I'm, I'm with it. I'm, I'm with it. Yeah, mate, you're a big fan, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. Woo! <laughs> That's good. when your kids get older. You're gonna love it. Cause, yeah. Oh, because kids love music. Yeah. Like nowadays, all I get to listen to is Tyler's music, yeah. unless she's out. But yeah, because good times. Oh, yeah, you're gonna love it, John. Here we go. John's history lesson. Well, John, I want to I want to look back in history and and there was a race and triathlon that's not so big nowadays, John. But no. back in the day, it was big as kind of some would say bigger than Texas, bigger than Texas. Yeah. And what was that race, John? It's called the the Nice Triathlon, Bevan. And is that what people used to say? No, it's called the Nice. Triathlon. Did people used to say the Nice? I'm sh- guarantee you, a lot of people outside I would have, of France, I, you know, I would have gone, called it. The oh, nice. this weekend we got the Nice Triathlon. You've got no, it's nice, nice, nice friendly one. Yeah. So if you haven't heard of the Nice Triathlon, um, it preceded Ironman France, and it's held in Nice, which is in the south of France, sort of right over by the border of uh, sort of in Monaco, and just heading into Italy. And it was it was the other big triathlon, wasn't it? It was Nice and Kona. Kona. And this is going to be the story as why it was the other big race. Um, so yeah, as you said, Kona was was really where things started, and it was, uh, you know, these days it was really seen as it is seen as a pinnacle of sport. Back in the, you know the eighties, it was it was what everybody wanted to do, but there was no prize money. Um, so oh, was there not? In no, in the, in the early days, and we'll get onto that. There was was no prize money. It was you were there for the prestige, but really? Nice changed that. And that's why it's such an important oh, race in our history. That's why I'm loving this lesson. Uh, so the race in Nice was over the 4K swim, 120K bike and 30K run, which was sort of adopted by ITU as, as their long distance championship. So, so this was an ITU race, was it? it the, the World Champs were held there um, many, many times. Yep. And we've got to remember, back in the 80s and, and in the 90s, there weren't many Ironman races around the world. You know, there was uh, Kona, there was New Zealand, there was Japan, Australia... Um, Germany, which was in Rote then, that was Ironman Germany, and there weren't that many other Ironman races. So mm. any long-distance races um, you know, were generally pretty popular. So the first edition was held in 1982, and it was won by Mark Allen, and he went on to win Nice 10 times. Which is phenomenal. To win any race, 
10 times, times, you know, to win a decade of races is phenomenal, isn't it? It's it's big big time. So why was he so successful there, you know, because... Well, he, you know, outside, like he was the greatest athlete of all time, but and he also, you know, dominated in all fields. But to win it so many times, well, prior to his win in Kona in '89, he was very, very hard to beat over any distance anywhere in the world. Short course, you know, he could get beaten fair, you know, reasonably regularly by by you know Scott and uh, and and the, the other others, big names. Yeah. Um, but over iron distance, he was very, very hard to beat. And, and Kona, he didn't win Kona because he couldn't handle the, the, the heat and, uh, and the conditions over the years. But uh, at Nice, he was just unstoppable. The only years he didn't win were 1987 when Rick Wells... Good Kiwi boy. Won. Good Kiwi. I'm not sure if Mark Allen was racing then or not, but Rick Wells, again, on his day, was just a I remember Molina said he was the hardest guy out there. Oh, he was just awesome. Yeah. Um, and also Rob Burrell in 1988 uh, won at Nice as well. Um, one of the interesting things when I used to watch Nice on, because uh, on TV in New Zealand you used to see Kona and for some reason you, Nice used to be on and I didn't really appreciate it back at the time but it was a, it was a big deal but so it's still on Channel 2 uh, Nice on it was probably on Sky, Sky back in those days uh, in the 90s it would have been on <coughs> Sky <coughs> um, but anyway there was always your token uh, Frenchies that always used to go out there and absolutely bury themselves yep, uh, just to be at the front for to a try bit. to win it but Yves Cordier was actually a local from Nice and he uh, often would beat Alan off the bike and a couple of times he had really really big leads and he would hold his run form together for you know the first third or the first half and then Alan would just crush him in the really? second half but really? one year in particular I remember he had a massive lead but he had a knee injury going into the race and uh, looked like he was going to win looked like he was going to win then Alan just passed him at like two thirds and just killed him oh, really? but uh, Yves Cordier is a great name from that race and also the Sanson brothers were great swimmers and they always used to blitz it off the front but every year Mark Allen would come through Probably the most uh, memorable race that I saw in Nice was um, when a very young Simon Lessing race. I think he was about 20, and he went head-to-head with Mark Allen the whole way through the race. So I think he had a little lead on the swim coming out, but Allen caught him on the bike. They came off the bike together, headed off the run, just went shoulder-to-shoulder for the majority of the run course. You go running up and down the Promenade des Anglais, which is the uh, a big, wide um, pavement all the way along the front of the beach at Nice, and he stuck with him, stuck with him, stuck with him, and then Alan just tightened the grip, tightened the grip, and eventually Lesson cracked. But that was he was only about 20 years of age then, and it was just a, a great race. It's a pretty Lessing, you know, because Lessing kind of came in, Alan, you know, like, in what athletes better is always a stupid question, but... You know, it's a pity it just wasn't a little bit closer in time. You know, where Leeson was a little bit older and Alan was a little bit younger. They, they did race quite a bit over the short course, and Leeson would, would beat Alan quite a bit over the, the short course, but they never had a, a real long course battle, which was, yeah, as you said, a little bit of a shame. Mm. But the reason why Nice, a big reason why why Nice became such a big race was because of the money. And uh, I've got to give my, my research assistants here some some um, some, some love. The, I use xtriathlon.com, which is a French website. Um, you won't be able to read that, Bevan, because it's all in French. Good. So I, I basically translated a whole bunch of stuff off there. Um, but also I asked Scott Molina for a little bit of help in terms of why it became so big, because I knew there was a lot behind the scenes in terms of the money side of things. So basically in the beginning of 1982, okay, you go, you go. Um, there was a big television company called TWI this was a, a, an American based TV company which was um, a branch of IMG's uh, production arm IMG used to own some of the triathlons, they used to own Ironman New Zealand and they used to um, manage a lot of the top athletes yep. 
and they contacted Scott Tinley and they wanted to help put on a, a really big tra- race in Monaco because, you know, Monaco with all the prestige of being a principality and the money. And uh, they soon realised there was big headaches putting on the race there, I guess because of the, the traffic and just yep. the logistics of it all. Um, and they wanted to sell it to a major TV network in the States to rival ABC's coverage of Iron Man, which was, was, was really, really big. But as I said, there was no money at Iron Man at that stage. And then uh, luckily at the time, there was a team called Team J. David, which had just started up when they were um, contacting to see if it would be sort of a viable option. And they had a number of the top athletes, and they got the Team J. David directors to say yes, but the event had to have $50,000 US in prize money. So Scott said this was the first race that there was ever... Big money. Big money. And $50,000 back in 82. Oh, yeah, man, that's a lot of money. That was probably some serious pings. Um, the sad thing is, is what they're getting paid nowadays. Exactly. And, <laughs> so uh, what, how long is that? 30, 30 years ago, nearly. Nearly 30 it's years. It's the same money. It, so that is sad. He said there was $10,000 to win and perhaps around about 2000 which Scott was second in the first year. Did Melina write this up for you? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, God, yeah, you love like Melina. And, uh, and at the same time, the USTS... Um, had started uh, the ra- sort of a pro series in California, which had five hundred dollars for the winner of each race, and that was those two guys I would imagine that we talked about before yep. who got inducted into the Hall yep. of Fame. So this was a massive deal, and it was really set up to try to rival um, Kona. So it was a massive step to. Towards- so did, I wonder if any of the American networks actually picked it up. Someone must have for it to be viable. So. so it was basically the first step towards making triathlon professional. Because you've got to remember, you know, Ironman getting on ABC is obviously one of the biggest moments, you know, like if you think of a tipping point for a sport or a sliding mm. door moment, you know, because ABC was back in the 80s, it was one of the big networks, and you didn't have all the cable channels back in those days. I think the tipping point was when they got on the wide world of sports um, coverage and that little clip of Julie Moss, and then everybody watched yeah. the ABC coverage. Yeah. So, yeah, totally agree. Yeah. Scott, Scott went on to say that in 83 or 84, he thinks the prize money went up to 75000 Wow. Um, and that put a lot of pressure on Valerie Silk, who was yep. the, the then director of um, Ironman to assemble a top pro field, and he said... Uh, Kona didn't offer prize money until 1985 wow. because in the 85 race Scott Tinley won by about 20 minutes because nobody else turned up oh so they actually boycotted the race for money did they mm. I didn't realise they boycotted about the money I knew I knew the president turned up because they did it twice that year didn't they yep and uh, apparently in the, if you see if you see the TV coverage Scott Tinley was just cruising along and he was playing Nerf ball with the guy on the back of the, the lead truck so he was oh, just really? jogging along there was nobody else in the race and it was a bit of a joke so, so things know, had to change I'd love to know at the time if the other athletes were a bit annoyed with Scott Tinley for racing yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's kind of like you're going on strike both. at work, one guy goes to work. Well, I think one of the, the other reasons was when I used to be in France, the race used to be held in uh, mid and late September. So it was pro- and I'm assuming Kona back then nice, was, or, nice, yep. was probably held in October, I guess. And if that was the case, you know, you're, you're, there's only, say, a three or four week window there, a gap. So they may have not necessarily boycotted Kona, but said, well, I'm going to Nice because there's money. I'm not going to no, boycott uh, the race. I'm pretty sure it was a boycott. I seem to remember reading something about okay. the fact that, that none of the pros went deliberately as a bit of a... Okay. Oh, I, oh, I might be talking crap. You might be, so I yeah. suggest you do some research. Yeah, there. maybe. Melina, let me know. Anyways, that was a little bit about um, why the, the money side of things behind... Um, um, behind Nice and 1990- I just wonder if Tinley was a little bit kind of 
like you know like if you want to race I'll tell you I'll tell you something off here in a second and I'll come back and I'll have some comments on this next week okay uh, in 1994 it was the first time the long distance world champs were ever held or won or run by um, ITU it was the first time they run that and Rob Burrell won the race 1994 okay I was done there okay yep. other winners of Nice include uh, big names Simon Lessing and Luke Van Laird also won there so you know those guys went there because it was something they wanted on their resume and also obviously the prize money was um, was pretty good couldn't find a lot in terms of the female cyclings. Apologise for that. There was just, you know, prior to the internet, there. there's yep. just not stuff out there. Is, I know <clears> Isabel <throat> Mouton won the race multiple times, and I'm pretty positive that Jenny Rose... Um, Do you know what's funny about Jenny Rose? What? Well, she, she was a member at Les Mills, and her yep. World Championship medal was always at the gym. Oh, really? Yeah, and then I think when she they changed the gym... She's to now. Yeah, is she? Yeah. yeah, and I couldn't understand why you'd have it at the gym. Don't know. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Jenny Rose, New Zealander, she won a world long distance title, and I'm pretty sure it was in Nice as well. Um, in 2000, the worlds were held there again. Peter Sandbang, a uh, good Danish fella, and Isabel Mouton won again. Big change that happened in 2004. Um, it was the last time the French Federation ran the race in Nice, and from then on, it's basically been uh, an, a WTC Ironman race. So, why did it die? Well, it didn't necessarily die. Maybe they sold out, or maybe they thought that putting a WTC race then would expand things. I think was it struggling, but it must have been struggling. Well, it was always very, very strong in terms of the French no, and the French participation. But I think it had la- because there were so many other Ironman races around the world and so many other ones in Europe. I guess it had lost a little bit of its gloss. And you just know what people like. They go to WTC races because it's called an Ironman. Yeah, but so, it's interesting. You know, if any race. You know, no, we know Challenge, Challenge has done well to actually yeah. keep the you know the Germany race going. But if any race had something that going for them with the history of the sport, you know, like you think maybe that one would have been the one to pull it through. But obviously, yeah, as you say, WCC has obviously got so much pulling power and. Yeah, or maybe they didn't keep the prize money up. Like imagine if they'd always doubled the Kona money. Yeah, no, the prize money was uh, it would have. Dwindled. dwindled a bit but it was still reasonable but would have been better prize money elsewhere I would imagine so anyway it was a great part of our history and so thanks to the Frenchies for, for hosting that race and it's still carrying on and, and Ironman Nice now um, I think is up to you know generally selling out I think and it's it's a great great race great is the one that Ironman Nice now on the same course uh, well it's, a, it's a, obviously an iron distance which is long yeah, but, but the uh, the swim is obviously very very similar it's a great place to swim beautiful water the, the run I'm almost positive is up and down the Promenade des Anglais and, and the bike is it doesn't really matter so, if the bike is, is a bit different it goes up all around the hills and it's, it's a really challenging course the, the hills over there are generally not particularly steep um, there's just a lot of them and you just, you're climbing a lot of the time so did great you, scenic race did you, just, did you watch that video I sent through the other day? don't think so oh, what was it about? you need to go back and look at it they had a video Someone I was just on something and, and they had videos of Lance in triathlon and there's that one that uh, most of you guys probably have seen but there's one I hadn't seen before and it was um, Mark Allen and, and Lance and, and Mike Pitt goes into tra- like it's real funny it's sort of like watch, it's, this is must have been mid early eighties. I, no, I think I've seen, that, I've seen that one ages ago. No, no, no. I know the one you're talking. About. This is a yeah. different one. Mike Pitt goes into transition. I think he's in the lead, and like it, it's like watching a local triathlon. This is yeah, yeah, the yeah. world champs, and it doesn't know where his bike is. Where's my bike? He's getting all angry at people because yeah. they need to reload his bike. But lots of people got banned. I think even Melina got disqualified for drafting. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, was, yeah. I was just, Better get that right. You don't start accusing people of drafting. No, I'm pretty sure. Like, cause it, and it must have been a time in the sport where drafting was a real issue because yeah. it wasn't just Melina. It was like 15 guys got done for drafting. Right. And um, there was, it was just real controversial at the time because they were talking in the commentary saying how 
you know, it's a real burden on our sport, this drafting problem. Mm. And so, yeah, obviously... Like 1986 or so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're still talking about it. Yeah, so... Anyway, anyway, that was my history of sport for today. Oh, John, I love your work. Questions and answers. You got none? Got right, none. I just left it in there. It's just my template. <laughs> it's your template. We're up okay. to an hour, aren't we? Must be. We must be. I babbled on there. Oh, you just babbled on, John. Okay, sponsors. What do you want to do? You want to do Coffees, coffees of Hawaii first? Because a lot first. of news. Okay, here we go. I'm going to go to Coffees of Hawaii because it's Just read where we've got there. So, right. Well, I want to put it on the page because they've, okay. they've got a new page for us. Okay, so basically, if you want to get coffees from Coffees of Hawaii, your best option now is to go to the imtalk.me and follow our link through from there because that takes you to a special copies of uh, takes you to a special I am talk page which I haven't actually done yet so wait till tomorrow wait till tomorrow so basically that's the thing you go to imtalk.me click on the link go through and then it's got some special specials on there so it's not special that's special specials pause we've got to get the right page up there no no you keep talking I'm doing it so I'm doing he's, it. Well, basically the deal is he's bumped up uh, the discount to I am talk listeners to 25% off any purchase so that's a good deal. It was previously... 20, so it's gone up 5%. So it's gone up 5%. He's taking it to the next level, John. That's what he said. He's taking it up. And he's added a 25% discount on recurring delivery programs. So if you want that, so if you want to keep that coffee coming and you want to set it up coming time and time again, 25% off. And the other reason why you should come through .me website and then click through on the logo there, takes you through that IM Talk page on Coffees of Hawaii, is because there's going to be specials of the month. So this month... Should we tell people? They have to, we'll, we'll, this month we're going to let it out there, but generally you're going to have to go check it out yourselves. If you're an overseas customer, spend more than $50 and shipping is free. That's a, that's a no-brainer, John. And if you want to know the code, go through our website, go click on the um, Coffees of Hawaii logo, take you through our I Am Talk page on Coffees of Hawaii. Yeah, and more, and more, yeah, and, spend and it's a beautiful 50, page $50 or more, and the shipping is free for overseas customers. And that's us on the boat in Hawaii. Nice. And if you're a net fast swimmer, dude. Yeah, Dutch guy. Yeah, he's Dutchy. Um, but what's really cool, and and Albert put in, just in this email, he's sending through to us, and he was just saying, um, he's kind of done this basically because because you guys, the listeners of I Am Talk, are the most loyal customers. They really are. It's really noticeable. Hmm. So you know, you guys, you know, we we're just gonna say big thanks. You know that you support you know Albert and Coffees of Hawaii. Like we know we always promote that he's so good at promoting our sport and, and supporting our sport. But you know, it's, it's kind of what goes around comes around and. Um, you know, you're obviously your loyalty to him has made him think, well, how else can I help you, know, you guys out? And, you know, it's a great deal. Free shipping of 50 bucks. Exactly. And, uh, and you're getting premium, you know, like the thing is, it's not a bad product. It's a great product. So go through to that page. You've got three different offers on the moment. You've got 25% off uh, just regular, any purchases at all. 25% off if you're getting a recurring delivery. And then if you're overseas listeners, spend 50 bucks and shipping is free. Yeah, so... Got it. There's a different code, so you've got to go onto that page. So I must say thanks uh, to you guys, but also make sure you get on it. And I'll, and I'll put that on the website today, so you can just go to our website and put a, click on the new link. Also had an email from uh, Ian Hersey. Do you remember him from Epic Camp? Yep, good old um, Ian, yep. Yeah, he, he, was in, he was in Hakona as well. Yeah, he's, he rode with us. He said he, uh, he popped over to Molokai a little while ago. And uh, he said the roads were nice and quiet. He said there's a really good restaurant just around the corner, and he says it's a good place to go for just a little bit of a uh, little bit of training. Nice, well, good old coffees of Hawaii then. Yeah, Athlinks.com. Athlinks.com. Well, I was a good friend of mine called Belinda Bell Fog. Fong. Fong. Must be a good friend if you can't pronounce her name right. Cheers. <laughs> and <laughs> I can't pronounce anyone's name right. John Hoosom, is it? <laughs> but anyway, she's going to be doing her first half in Australia 
And what's she going to be doing next? What's that got to do with athletics? Oh, John, just I'm building towards okay, it. Okay, okay. Build, build, build. build. John, I'm build. laying the platform okay. for an amazing discovery. So you're going off on tangent. I was, I was going to you're going to do the Gold back. Coast 70.3 in October. Her very first half Ironman. Nice. Yes, and she's listened to the show. She loves it, John. It's a new one. There hasn't been a 70.3 on the Gold Coast before. Well, there is now, John. There is now. In October. I'm learning things. I'm liking it. But she just said, just joined Athlinks.com. What a great website. Nice. So make, make sure you put that Gold Coast 70.3 in your upcom, upcom, no, upcoming events. Oh, then, nice. Then you get to see, if other people do that as well, then you get to see what other IM Talk listeners are racing there. I wouldn't mind doing that with Gold Coast half. Depending where it is. It'll be, um, when I've, I've only been to the Gold Coast once. It's very flat. You've been to Gold Coast once? Yeah. That's like New Zealand's holiday destination. I go to exotic locations. Before. Like where? Like Malaysia and Thailand oh. and Europe and oh, yeah. Hawaii. You no, know these cheap New Zealand holiday spots. <laughs> so I've been to Gold Coast once. Uh, it seems pretty flat around there. Yeah, it is, yep. Yeah, so. Yep. It'd be hot. It would be hot. In October? Yeah, it'd be mm. hot. Yep. 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 Anyway, so yeah, that's. So, you know, just Belinda thinks it's bloody awesome. So, that's one thing you should be doing is putting in your upcoming events. Uh, and one thing you can do, John, is that you can share your athletes' information on the other social networking tools that are out there, like Twitter, that you love so much. Mm. So, let's say a good old Lauren Whitmill, who was our age group of the week, if we click on her and she wants to share one of her things, she can go, okay, well, I want to go to Bitly, or I want to go to Blogger, or I want to go to Bebo, or I want to go to Facebook. And Holy sh. <laughs> a lot of people trying to make money in social networking yeah and you can see and share your information with your friends and that so you can send some of the information that you've got on Athlinks through to something like Facebook and you can let everyone know what you're doing so that's true so I mean I guess if you've got your own sort of blogger site that you, you keep updated and rather than duplicating things I think as I said many times before Athlinks is the best place to store all your results and compare them against your fellow competitors just because of the way the site is, is set up and then you can, as you said, share it on your blog and um, people can click, click through and uh, check it out. Check, check, check. Check it out. Athlinks.com. I, I would like to be getting more results up there, but I'm just not racing at the moment. What's happening, John? Oh, it's, it's marathon training program got written yesterday. Oh, so it's on. You're doing it. It's on. Well, I've got an injury. <laughs> there you go. I have. But if it's, uh, it's getting better. And if I'm, I can run next week, I'm committing to it. You know so the, the race is on. Do you know the, what the marathon challenge is? Belinda came up with a marathon challenge for us. What, for us. you and I? Yeah. What, what deal. So if I win, you've got to look after our kids for, <laughs> for half a day. Or I'll give you half a day. I'm pretty good with kids, actually. I can look after okay. kids. I'm yeah. actually good with and kids. And I'm going to pre-program Thomas to, to do a big crap everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Joe loves changing nappies. Yeah, okay. So that's if, if, if I win. And if you win, I've got to come and do one of your classes at the gym. Ooh. Body attack, not okay. a spin class. Not doing no, I wouldn't want a spin class. You can do that. Anyway. So. Okay. Oh, kids for half a day. I think I lose on that deal. Yeah. Kids are hard work. You know how you know that I don't like the gym very much. Yeah, you don't actually. Really and not. I imagine you'd be pretty unco. Yeah, <laughs> pretty bad. So it could be comedy. Okay. Okay. If I commit to doing it, I'm up for it. Okay. John, I will look after your kids. You can go and have some romantic time together. What did you do for your anniversary in the end? Uh, Flowers. <laughs> you did not. I did do flowers. <laughs> oh, did you? And we just enjoyed each other's company. Oh, <laughs> oh no, it's weak effort. Sponsors. Coffeesofwhy.com. Oh, get on, get on the new page, get out the deal. Loyal customers, we love your work. And athlinks.com. And as Belinda says, what a great website. That's Belinda Fong, not Belinda Newsom. Yeah. But Belinda Newsom says a great website as well. Yes, she did too. 
One other so, thing, if you're in New Zealand, a few people ask me um, where you can get high five gels. If you go to fifthelement.co.nz, you can get high five gels. The ISO gels are fantastic in the bars. And you use the code IMTALK or NZMTC and you get a nice little discount on there. Other crap marathon challenge? Done, we've just done that. Okay. And a lot this of people. Is my, my seem, number 12. People did like your lotto call, John. Last week when we did the lotto did, did, calls. Did, did you buy the numbers? I didn't. And I checked them yesterday and I'm glad I didn't. <laughs> didn't I, I think I got one or two numbers. Yeah. But people liked my picking up between one and eight and I picked 12. You planned it, didn't you? Yeah. 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 I look after you, listen. I like you guys to get a good laugh. <laughs> I had to admit, I listened to it about four times myself. <laughs> I kept going playing it. It was pretty funny. So, what are you going up to for the week, mate? What's the plan? Marathon training has begun. Oh, really? It's not, not full time training. Do you know what's right? in my advantage? What? You're a bit fragile when it comes to the I'm not fragile. I'm going to be indestructible. Yeah, Flex has started to go on. Yeah, See, was, mind games are starting. I'm playing was, on them. That was uh, special circumstances. Anyway. Uh, it's not going to be big time training, but it's. Uh, so, what do you want to do? I want to run Under sub 240, yeah. and I'll go out in a 119 and then see what happens. Well, that's what I did. And yeah. I, blew on I, 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 did, I did have a look at the results of last year, and there's a lot of people that blew big time. Yeah. Now, granted, you did have the weather conditions last year as well. Yeah. But that'll be the plan. So, that's going to be. I kind of think Christchurch is a tough marathon in that because it's a double lapper. Like I'd like to do a marathon where you had a bit of a bigger field of marathon runners mm-hmm. because Christchurch you get a huge field but there's only about 200 marathon runners and, and you run a 240 in the top 15 top yeah three. yeah so you, you, you're kind of just by yourself where it'd be nice to do a race where maybe you've got a, maybe like 30 guys who are around 240 mm. where you can actually pace yourself off because yeah. Christchurch you do a second lap you're just alone yeah. you know you're still by yourself which kind of tough challenge well it just makes it you know you don't have that person to kind of pull you along mm. um, other than that uh just a regular week, I think. I have got something coming up, what, but, I'll, but I'll tell you next week. What's happening? I'll tell you next week. Do you know what's pretty exciting, John? What's pretty exciting? Two weeks from now, two on the show. Two on the show, I know that, and it's going to coincide with uh, Ironman New Zealand. Oh, it is too. Which is where it sort of all started for you. Not so much for me, but that's where it all started for you. Yeah, it was. Peter Colson was going to do a best of for us, but I didn't send him through the show, so I don't know if he's done it. If you've done, if you've done that, Peter, let me know. What do you mean a best of? Like a 10-minute you know, oh. you remember I did that a few years ago. Yeah, yeah. But it took me like twenty hours. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not doing you it again. Do that again. No. no, no, no. <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, that was a good. I went yeah. to Australia on the weekend, John. Just popped over. Went to Melbourne and Brisbane for Les nice. Mills workshops. I, it was my it's my celebrity moment. Right. You know, because I, I had to teach classes and I taught classes to about three hundred and fifty people, which is pretty cool, I have to admit. And and literally forty minutes of photos afterwards, and and you're like you're a celebrity, honestly. I was like even giving signatures, John. God, I was loving it. I was loving it, and I was like, no, no, set a queue up down there, and uh, and the, the, yep, and um, yeah. So I felt very much like Brad Pitt for a it. moment. You made yeah, it, and then I went home and felt normal again. Yeah. Yep. Come to the podcast with me. Come to the podcast <laughs> with you. Talk about hedgehogs. Talk about hedgehogs. Oh, you gill. Don't be a gill. <laughs> Just get the thing out of there. Get it out. <laughs> Don't be a gill. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the one exciting thing that's happening this weekend, I'm not sure if we've talked about this before, Thomas is doing his first race this weekend. Ooh, what's happening? Tiddler's Mouldy Sport. Tiddler's Mouldy Sport. It's going to be brilliant. So what he is doing? He's in full-time training. He's actually, somebody said to me last night, it was quite funny, he's not sleeping so great at the moment, and they say, I think he's overtrained. <laughs> he's overtrained. Uh, I don't know exactly how it works, but basically he's just doing a little running race for the older ones that have a, a run, bike, and then like to a water side. But it's all like under it's eight. Fun, yeah. It's like around a park. It's not like you're on the roads or anything. Uh, it's going to be pretty funny. He, nice. he, I put no pressure on him to run, 
but he runs. He's got his cones set up at home. Yeah. Because he found some cones in, in the car one day when I was driving home from from Epic Camp, and I had some cones. He goes, cones, cones, cones. <laughs> so he's got the cones up, and every morning, Daddy, running race, running race, and you start from one end of the lounge to the other, back and forth. For, yeah. For, for long however as long as you can. Yeah. But kids so, don't stop either, no. and they want to do it more. Running race, running race. So it's going to be good times. Looking John, forward to it. John, I've got a, I've got a dress up party this weekend. Right. And the the dress up theme is what were you doing when the boat went down? So is it the 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 Wahini or the well, I'm Titanic? Titanic? Yeah. yeah. Wahini probably is, most people most people wouldn't know what the Wahini is. Big time in New Zealand. But anyway, what do you think I should go as? Actually, guys, help me out on this because we're really struggling. In the athletes discussion of the week, also put what can I go in as what 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 were you doing as the boat went down? Well, you were probably asleep in bed, so you go in your undies. Okay. Or if you sleep naked. Okay, I'm doing that, John. Do that. Yep, I will. I might. Uh, body paint stuff to cover up your ghoulies. <laughs> Problem is with a man, you've got the yeah, bit flopping around. It's it's a little bit tricky. for the girls, but... Paint a, paint a face or something <laughs> on it. I could tell your story, but I'm not. No. Anyway, oh, yeah. we'll be back next week with more exciting stuff happening. We're doing long shows lately. I'm gonna People to... love it. They love it, John. They want it longer. Iron Russ. I mean, no. Train hard. Train smart. Kia kaha.